0: the parable of the ten virgins dealt with similarities dealt with differences i'm going to share with you just three or four um key lessons that we can pick from the text matthew 25 1-13 the
1: book of matthew 25 then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins yeah. which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bright moon and five of them were wise and five were foolish they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Mm. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While their bridegroom tarried, mm. they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Mm. And the foolish said, Unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen.
0: Amen. The very first lesson is being invited is not enough. You need to stay in power. We've dealt with this over the course of the last two weeks. That being invited is not enough. They were invited to come and meet the bridegroom, but obviously not all of them met the bridegroom because simply being invited is not enough. Simply uh, being in a certain career does not in any way um, give an indication that you are going to do well in life. How many of you have seen poor bankers before? Have you seen a poor banker before? Yeah. Because their their very essence of their existence is on the foundation of loans. So once it is stripped off, it is clear that the foundation is weak. So simply being in a place is not enough. Simply beginning a thing is not enough. Simply being invited is not enough. First lesson, number two. I I won't waste time on the first one because we've dealt extensively with it. Number two. From verse six, we learn that the bridegroom came at midnight. Now, clearly, the whole text is talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is the proper interpretation of that text. That the bridegroom is representative of Jesus and his second coming. And the fact that um, he came at midnight, being a time that many people didn't expect that he will come. And so many people were unprepared for him. You need to understand that when Jesus returns, a lot of people will not be prepared for his coming. But may you and I be prepared in the name of Jesus Christ. Because if you are looking for a time for a bridegroom to come, bridegroom is not supposed to come at midnight. How many of you know that even legally speaking in Ghana, you cannot marry after 6 p.m.? You can't have a wedding after 6 p.m. It does not have any legal legs to stand on. That's why it's not by chance that people do weddings and they quote ten and they quote two. But if you do wedding after 6, you need to do wedding again. Hallelujah. And so ordinarily, you remember the last time Jacob got married at, at night and what happened? Married the wrong woman. Because as, at night, things can appear as other things. You, things can be misrepresented to you. So the best time to meet a bridegroom actually is not midnight, night. And yet the bridegroom came at midnight. That is an indication that Jesus can come at any time even when you are unprepared for his coming. And that is why every day of your life, every day of our lives, we must must prepare. Because the day you let your guard down and the day you drop the ball could be the day he comes in his glory. Hallelujah. One of the things I keep saying all the time is simply this. That there are many people who have already decided the path they want to walk in. They have decided that church and everything, God is none of their business. They will just walk in a certain direction. And once they have chosen that direction, their end is also determined. Now these people have begun their journey are going to that end. You and I have decided we will follow him and we will pursue hard after him. And then we will drop the ball along the line. He will come and we will end up like them. What, what What a sorrowful sight that will be. May we not miss his coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, your amen is suffering right now hallelujah the bridegroom came at night so the proper contextual interpretation of this of of this text is to situate it in the end times however we can extrapolate also certain lessons from there now if the bridegroom came at night the whole purpose for their being there was to meet the bridegroom their whole expectation was to have an encounter with the bridegroom their opportunity they were seeking was to meet the bridegroom and yet he came at a time at midnight they were all sleeping which means that there are times and seasons in life where the things we are looking for will come, but they will not come at the time we expect them to come. Are are you with me right now? Are you with me right now? The things we are looking for, the things we are expecting, the things we are hoping for, the opportunities we are knocking at so hard that the doors should be open unto us. There are times that they will come at times we are actually not prepared for. And if an opportunity comes at a time you are unprepared for, you will miss it. There are many people who have missed their doors of, of jobs certain jobs that were coming their line because they were not prepared at the time of coming they missed it there are people who have missed ministries there are people who have missed marriages there are people who have missed all sorts of opportunities because at the time when the door was about opening they were not there and they missed it thank god that our god is a god of second chances and he has the ability to cause a door that you have missed to open once again unto you May you not miss any door that you have missed in the past in the name of Jesus Christ. May you recover every opportunity, every every access that has been closed to you by the power in the name of the Lord Jesus. May you recover that access in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, that is my story. And so, the bridegroom came at midnight. Could it be that your opportunity is coming at midnight? At midnight. What happens at At midnight. The only thing associated with midnight besides the meeting of witches is sleep. Are you with me now? Yeah, it's sleep. People sleep. People slumber. You remember the other day when he spoke about the, 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 the parable of the wheat and the tares. He said, and while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among them. While men slept. Because when a man is fully awake, it is difficult to to deceive the man. When a man is fully awake, it is difficult to steal his possession. When a man is fully awake, it is difficult to swindle the person. It is when a man enters a a, a, a certain sleep or slumber phase that he is easily accessible and he becomes vulnerable. And yet, when the Bible was choosing a time to come, he chose a time that men were sleeping and they were slumbering. And that is why Jesus said, Watch and pray. Because you never know when a certain door will knock for you. People have said, I have prayed that I'm tired. The moment they got tired could be the moment they just missed it. What are you talking about? So thing I have searched for it. Ah, it's okay. The moment they got to the point of saying it's okay could be that moment that they, were, they just missed it. You will not miss any such doors over your life anymore. The four people who said amen, let it be so. Look, I have seen people who have come so close... I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. There was a lady who was occupying a certain position somewhere. And one day they are still alive. One day they came for her and took her position and gave it to another. Now she was so bitter that she said, I'm leaving. I'm tired. Take your, take your work. After all, what? When she was leaving, people told her, you know what? Before you take this decision, seek the face of God. Find out what is God's plan, what is God's intent. They told her, at least you come and see her apostle. Oh, I'm going. She was advising another person who had also lost her role like that, that let's leave this place. There's nothing for her. And that other person was almost at the verge of leaving. And the person came to me and said, don't go, God said, stay here. Your lifting is here, stay here. And I told my pastor, this other one who is leaving, she should stay because whatever thing is happening to this would invariably affect her positively. Oh, she left. Eventually, the one, the second person's lifting has come. Glorification has come. And now she has left and she has regretted leaving at the time she left because she left with emotions emotions let her passion let her look you're not the only one who has feelings you're not the only one who has emotions hey Osofo, this is your feelings Yeah, you have to invest in. what are you talking about you are not the only one just say uh, I, I asked for me my heart, my, my coma. hey my kuma yeah 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 and I do too and by so doing people have missed opportunities because sometimes all it takes is waiting patience humility sometimes all it takes is a certain measure of temperance and long suffering hallelujah number two lesson time number two lesson please tell the first service people this one they have to get it on podcast too I will repeat it. Number two lesson, use your money to buy what you need now. I explain to you, don't worry, you write it as it is. Put money in quotes and put what you need in quotes. Use your money or use the money available to buy what you need now. That's right, number three. Use your money to buy what you need now. Use what is available, the money available. I'll explain. That's why I'm saying use money in quotes because I'm not only talking about Sikah. I'm using money in a broad and general term. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, when the bridegroom came and they, the five foolish virgins realized that they didn't have oil, they begged the wise ones and they didn't give them, what did they do? What did they do? I want us to hear it again. What did they do after they were denied oil by the wise?
1: Um. But the wise answered, saying, yeah. "Not so; lest there be not enough for us and you." That's right. But go ye rather to them that sell, and do what? And buy. And, for and buy. Yourselves. What did they do? And while they went to buy, while
0: they went to do what? Buy. To buy. So they had money to buy. Are you with me now? The problem was not that they didn't have money. They had money to buy. So that at the time when they they, they didn't have oil, now they were going to buy the oil they needed. But they should have bought the oil earlier on at the time it mattered the most with the money they had. Are you with me now? There are things you need to do now with whatever is available to you. If you wait even for six months, you may regret it. If you wait even for one year, you may regret it. <laughs> you may say, oh, but I have it. It is still with me. Yes, but there are certain times and seasons where certain actions are critical and needed. If you don't do it in those times and time passes you, you now the money you have, you will have it all right. The, the beauty you have, you have it all right. The eloquence you have, you have it all right. The connection you have, you have it all right. The intellect you have, you have it all right. The anointing you have, you have it all right. But it will not be needed at the time you are now coming to do it. Can I preach that one? Can I preach it? I tell people all the time that if we were to walk and live on the promises of men, we'd be living where? At Tassau. But the truth is this. There are some of those promises that once time passes, we don't need them anymore. Are you with me? We don't need them anymore. If somebody says, I'll marry you, it is only relevant now. Now, if you go and marry somebody else and give birth to three children, how relevant is that promise that the person made to you five years ago that I will marry you? It is irrelevant. So you need to buy what you need now. Don't wait. No matter what. You see, all they needed was, all in their lives was to meet the Bible. That was a need they needed to satisfy. Are you with me? Do you agree with me? That was a need they needed to satisfy. But they had money to buy oil which would have taken them to that need. Don't focus so much on the need you don't have that you miss out on the opportunities that you have. I feel like preaching this one too. Don't, don't focus. People are focused too much. Bridegroom, bridegroom, bridegroom. By focusing so much on bridegroom, they are missing out on the things they require now. They know they have money. They know they must get oil. But they are so focused on bridegroom, bridegroom, bridegroom that they don't do the things they need to do now to make them, uh, bring them to the place of meeting the Bible. Buy what you need now. They say, there is a calling on your life. You do work of ministry. Look, there are some things if you don't do them now. Ten years from today, it will be too late to do them. There are some first things we have done. We were doing it at times that I'm sure if we didn't do some of those things back then, we we'll would not, we'll not be, be going the way we are going now. I'm sure if we didn't understand some things back then, if we didn't sit down to learn back then. Hallelujah. What, what are you focusing on? It's good to have a goal ahead of you. Have the bridegroom goal, but also know that you must buy what you need now so you can go and meet the bride. Can I preach? Number three. Number three. Your actions define your identity. Your actions define your identity. Your actions define your identity. You are not what you say you are. You are what you do. Imagine meeting a cat. And as soon as you meet the cat, you hear, whoa. There will be confusion in your mind. Because even though the thing is being portrayed or presented as a cat, it is exhibiting actions of something else which cannot be uh, properly construed as actions of cats or felines, for that matter. It is your actions that define your identity, not what you say, not what a certificate says. The current... They say pharmacy. But she's a banker. Forget what the certificate is saying. The actions are saying something else. My, my brother-in-law has a, a friend who is, uh, 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 who is also a, a medical doctor. But when they finish medicine, he says he wants to be a footballer. So his he, footballer he wants to play. If you meet him, you can call him doctor. But maybe he can, he, he can kill you. Because the actions are going contrary to what the paper is saying. Your actions define your identity. When they were born, nobody at their naming ceremony, they didn't call them from today, my child is wise virgin. Or, Me oh, a foolish virgin. Nobody does that. Blind Bartimaeus. You think blind, they added blind to his name at his adoring ceremony. No. But actions have created an identity for him. And that is why you must be very mindful the actions you take and the decisions you make in life. Because the more you are making those decisions and taking those actions, it is actually who you are. That's why there are lots of prostitutes in church. Their actions show that they are prostitutes, but in church there are something else. I feel like preaching that one. That's why there are gigolos in church. I just hope you dictionary. I know it's, it's not your fault. Amen. Question is. What actions are you taking? What are the actions you are taking? What steps are you taking? There's a footballer called Gareth Bale. When he started playing football, he was playing and he left back. He was a defender, defending. He was scoring so many goals that it didn't make sense to keep him there because his actions were contrary to the, the identity that had been conferred on him. So they moved him from there and brought him forward. Hallelujah. Imagine being called a boxer and they put you in a boxing ring and then, the, and then whilst you are there, you are begging. There's a prophet in scripture called the weeping prophet. Why? There is the runaway prophet why? Because it is actions that define identities. Yeah, are you with me now? Actions define identity. You can lie to yourself all you want. What are the actions you are taking? Hold your home for a second. Think about it. Some of you, you can lie like nobody It's effortless. You don't. Th- you don't. You don't have to think about it. Impulse is, is default. One of the things I am very, very careful about when I'm dealing with people is people who lie about trivial things. Because to me, if you can lie about trivial things, you also lie about more important things. Like what did you eat? You know you ate Gary. You said I ate fried rice. Wow, soon you say... Now ah, that guy, they are
1: not,
0: are not even, you don't even know what you are talking. You are buying fried rice. Hallelujah. So if you will lie about trivial things, I am suspicious of you about the most important thing. Your actions define your identity. Number, you Four. Preparation is key to meeting the bridegroom. This last but one. Preparation is key, it's pivotal to meeting the bridegroom. I think verse 6 or 8. Please read it for me. Verse 6 or 8.
1: Yeah. And at midnight. Yeah. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Mm -hmm. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Okay,
0: that's six. So at midnight, there was a cry made. That behold, the bridegroom cometh. So when you hear this, what are you supposed to do? I can't hear you. What do you do? What do you do? You get ready. I say bridegroom now, but what are you getting ready again? You go now. That's why you are there. So bridegroom has come, what do you do? you just get up and go but watch what she watch what they do
1: behold the bridegroom coming. yeah go ye out to meet go him go ye out to meet him that's what you are told and then what did they do then all those virgins arose they arose their lamps
0: and they trimmed their lamps you don't just get up and go because they said bridegroom has come so i'm going they got up and trimmed their lamps they prepared to walk out there because it's still dark and you need to trim the lamp, have some light in order to go and meet the bride. There are many people who are giving prophe- prophecies to us, God said this and this and this. And for a lot of them, they think their hearing of prophecy is equal to the manifestation of prophecy. Can I go there? In their minds, for a lot of people, they think their hearing of prophecy is equal to the manifestation of prophecy. Between the declaration of a prophetic word and its manifestation, for especially um we there, there are prophecies that are that are dependent on actions that you need to take. There are prophecies that don't you you don't have to play any role in them, they will happen nonetheless. For a lot of them that require you to take actions, there is something you need to do between the declaration of prophecy and the manifestation of sin. If you do nothing, you will miss it or delay it. Are you with me now? Now, when they say the bridegroom is in, you don't just get up and believe and, and oh, then I've seen it. No, you, you trim your wake. You prepare to go and meet him. Preparation is key in meeting the Bible. How are you preparing for the next phase of life? Do you know that people are crying corona, but people are doing well? You don't, you don't know. You don't you don't know. I'm telling you, somebody gave me a testimony last week that I nearly wept. The person was just weeping. He says, Apostle, this is my best, the best year of my life. I said, it's not you alone, we all. What are you talking about? Pastor Michael showed me a story a couple of weeks ago. He said, a certain man has made $14 billion overnight during COVID. You didn't hear what I said? I said, billion. And yet see this so I do overnight my, my point is in the midst of the chaos and pandemic there are still avenues where people are doing well are, are you with me now so how are you preparing for the next phase for your bridegroom how are you preparing things don't happen like that in this kingdom are you with me now things don't happen like that in this kingdom even when Gabriel came to tell Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you amongst women. After making all those nice declarations, the nine months of discomfort and carrying a baby and the morning sickness and all those things, who did it for Mary? You would do it yourself. He like, said, get me bottles, fill them with water. I'm about to pray and turn water into wine. You think I'll carry the, Jesus will carry the barrel for you? And put the water in What are you talking about? So you need to prepare. By now, some of you must have a vision of of December of 2021 where you are transposing or translating or uh, transporting your life to. And you start preparing now because preparation is key for meeting the Bible. Otherwise, when people are sharing their testimony, you will be annoyed. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, when people are sharing, this is what the Lord has done. You will be thinking in your head. Ah. <inaudible> <inaudible> now we cry. Why am I an <inaudible> Hallelujah. But but I see you coming with your testimony too. Oh, seven people said Amen. May, may it may come to pass. May it come to. Pass finally, the last point. The last point. Wisdom equips for the unknown. Wisdom equips for the unknown. Look, in life you will not know it all. You will not see it all. God told Abraham, come with me. Let me go to a place I'm about to show you. Which place? I'm about to show you. How do I get there? I'm about to show you. Move left or right? I'm about to show you. That's all. No GPS. Even today, what GPS can do to you? Hey, the other day, GPS nearly took me to Togo. I'm, no, you do where you. You can ask them. We were at the border and the police. So man said, "Hey, I beg you, go back, go back." You do border, you go to Togo, Ah, I didn't say one hour more, keep going. I go to another place, gata. I say, go for it. there's go for it. God told Abraham, go to a place. I'm about to show you. Wisdom prepares you for the unknown. Because on the journey of life, you always come to junctions of unknown. You always come to places where you don't know what to do. You don't know the next steps. You don't know whether to go, or to come, or to sit, or to jump. You don't know. You don't know what is about to face you. Do you know it was wisdom that made Samson kill the lion? So, people, they say it's strength. Me too, I'm saying it's wisdom. Ha! Oh, it is strength, but it is wisdom. Because wisdom, how do you define wisdom? It is the fear of the Lord. When a man fears God, he has access to things that other men don't have. And so when he gets to a place and he's faced with difficulty, because he's, he's working in the fear of the Lord, and he has access to things, he's able to tap into those things, which are only byproduct of the fear that he has of the Lord, and he's able to overcome. Are you with me now? You realize... That when Samson went back to the place of the fear of the Lord, that is when he prayed a prayer to God and his strength was restored on the last day when he killed the Philistines. Where was that strength all along? It is the hair. Why why did he pray then if it was simply the hair? He should have just said, no. He prayed because he knew. He had now come to the realization that no, everything I have, it is God. And so he got to the place of the fear of the Lord and he had access one more time to strength and he broke everything down. It is wisdom that empowers for the unknown. That day you know everything, you start competing with God. You can't know everything. Yeah. yeah. If you meet a man of God who pretends to know everything, he's lying. We are poor. I'm giving it. It's a lie. They don't know it all. We don't know it all. We can prophesy, but we still don't know it all. What do you think?
1: Yeah, we don't know it
0: all. And, and yet, it is the wisdom of God that helps you to navigate the seasons of your unknown. Hallelujah. How did they know to go and wake up Jesus when the storms were brewing? How did they know? I'm sure somebody was in the boat who said, Oh, I'm going to I'm and but But people can talk when they don't know. They will talk. It is wisdom. It's not. It's not speeches. You don't navigate the unknown by speeches. Legon can't prepare you for the unknown. Imagine you have a business. You started with go. So we go for people's investment or money big ideas strategies ideas. We will be selling and making volumes of so and so you have made projections and suddenly COVID hits you pa you and your education or you, you see the way you start shivering because it takes wisdom to navigate Joseph just has a dream and he's able to step into the future to know there's something that is about to happen we need to start preparing now and able to navigate it's wisdom to it, it takes only wisdom. Wisdom. Tell somebody wisdom. Over wisdom. From now to December, do you know what will happen again? But it takes wisdom to navigate. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand for me. You want to pray? That may you be empowered by the word of God that has come. May you be empowered. That's your prayer. May you be empowered. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. May you be empowered. Lebra daba ba ya. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Urban Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Urban Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Juzar Urban Jr.